Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. We are in Jeremiah chapter 2 today, as many of you know, and we are uh, really rather slowly, I think, going through this message, this first message that Jeremiah preached, which is a message that templates uh, much of what the book is about, and that is the people of God have gone far from God. Uh, God makes his case to them about their uh, backsliding ways, backslidden ways, and yet they just don't seem to hear it. They just don't seem to see it. And if we don't obey the Word of God, this is a Bible principle. If we don't obey the Word of God, God has other ways by which to get our attention. And sin brings not only the judgment of God, but sin also invites its own consequences. And sometimes the negative consequences of our sinful choices are themselves a rebuke for our sin. And we're going to see that uh, today and then uh, on our next episode as well. We're in verse number 14, Jeremiah chapter number 2. And watch the question that God asks about his people. Would you see it? Uh, Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 14. Is Israel a servant? Is he a homeborn slave? Why, why is he spoiled? And spoiled here doesn't mean like a bratty child. Spoiled here means spoiled as in the spoils of war, plundered. So uh, is Israel a slave? Is, is that what Israel is? Is that why I delivered Israel from Egypt? Is that why I gave Israel this land? Uh, but but the answer is no. It's a rhetorical question. Of course, Israel's not that. And yet, why is it that Israel is being plundered? Why is it that Israel is being taken advantage of by the Egyptians and being taken advantage of at this point uh, by the Assyrians? The point is, it doesn't have to be this way. Israel, this is not who you are, but because you've chosen to forsake me, because you've chosen to do it your way, this is not who you are, and yet bad things are happening because you've made really, really bad choices. It doesn't have to be this way. Look at verse number 15. The young lions roared upon him and yelled, and they made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitant. Also, the children of Noph and Tehapanes, these are rivers in Egypt, have broken the crown of thy head. All these verses are saying is God God has allowed these foreign entities like Egypt, like Assyria, it seems like Judas, like right in the middle of all these powers, they, they should not have power over you, but they do. Why? Because you have no real help. You've forsaken your only source of help, which is me. You're worshiping false gods, you're doing it your own way, and you're seeing the consequences unfold. Verse number 17, hast thou not procured this unto thyself? What a question. So God says, 
all this is happening. Didn't you invite this? Didn't you ask for this? Isn't this what you asked for? Uh, I didn't tell you to leave me. I didn't tell you to do it your own way. Uh, all of what you're experiencing is a result of your own choices. That's what God is, is, is making. That's the point God's making. Hast thou not procured this unto thyself in that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God when he led thee by the way? And now what hast thou to do in the way of Egypt? So think about it. You know, you, you've made these bad choices. You're suffering these bad consequences. So are you still going to do it? It's one thing to make a stupid choice and then suffer the consequences. It's quite another thing to persist in that bad choice. I mean, if you bang your head against the wall and your head hurts, point number one, quit banging your head against the wall. And that's what God is saying here. God is saying, Yes, I'm rebuking you in this message. Yes, I'm pleading my case. But shouldn't your own circumstance, shouldn't your own aches and pains, shouldn't the bumps on your head that you already have, should they not speak to you that you should stop this? Verse number 18. And now what hast thou to do in the way of Egypt? To drink the waters of Sihor. What hast thou to do in the way of Assyria? to drink the waters of the river. Why are you looking to them for help? Why are you looking for the Egyptian rivers to meet your needs? Why are you looking for the produce of Assyria to meet your needs? The fact that you're having problems is an indicator that you need me, that you need to turn back to me. I will send the rain. I will meet your needs. It's kind of like Elimelech during the days of the judges. You didn't need to leave Bethlehem. The, the fact that there was a famine was an indicator that you are not right with me. The answer is pray to God. The answer is get right with God. The answer is not go align yourself with Moab. The answer is not go get your answer from Egypt or Assyria, but that's what you're doing. And how often do we do that? We get into trouble because we don't honor the Lord. And then we, then we resort to answers that, that are only exacerbate the problem. Look at verse number 19. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee. You see, when we won't listen to the word of God, then the consequences of our sinful choices, they become our loud and painful messengers. Thine own wickedness shall correct thee. Thy backslidings, see our key word here in Jeremiah, backsliding. Uh, thy backslidings shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God. Remember, those are the two evils. Evil number one, you've forsaken me. You've forsaken the Lord your God and that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. The Lord God of hosts means the God that's prepared to do battle. Host in the Bible meant a, an army, the God that is prepared to do battle. But I'll tell you what, uh, the God that's prepared to do battle, I want to be on his team. I don't want him to be on the other side. I don't want to be looking across the field at him aimed at me. I want to be part of his team, right? But the point here is God says you're paying dearly for your own decisions because my fear is not in you. How often does it come back to fearing the Lord? And fearing the Lord means that we have a healthy respect for his authority. 
that we have a health respect for his word. And yes, there are going to be times when we are actually afraid of God because we have wandered from him. But the term really means to maintain a healthy respect of God. That's why the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of God by which we have life. And God says, you're not appreciating. You're not acting as if you are aware of who I really am. That's the big sin. Remember, the big sin is not what we do. The big sin is who we forsake. God didn't create us as believers just not to do things. Sometimes we view Christianity very moralistically. Well, just don't do this, don't do this, don't wear that, don't watch that, don't go there. And yeah, there's a there's certainly a place for that. But the point is not what we don't do. The point is that we are that that we have a relationship with him. We live in in light of his presence and knowledge of of his presence in our life. Uh, we are culturing that relationship with him. That's what this whole message points is, points back to. I remember, I remember those early days when it was all about me. You, you had nothing materially, but you had me and you were satisfied. Look at verse number 20. And of old, I have broken thy yoke and burst thy bands. Uh, I've delivered you. I've, I've blessed you. I, I brought you out of Egypt. I gave you freedom. I gave you opportunity, but what did you do with that freedom? What did you do with that rope I gave you? You hung yourself with it. Well, watch what he says. Verse 20 again, of old time, I've broken thy yoke, I've burst thy bands, and thou saidest, I will not transgress. You said, oh, okay, I'm going to live for you. I've learned my lesson. That's what you told me. Look at verse, the end of the verse. What upon every high hill and under every green tree Thou wanderest playing the harlot. No, you didn't keep your word. I was good to you. I gave you another chance. I blessed you. I gave you your freedom. And what did you do? Like a dog returning to its vomit, like a pig that runs to the mud, you went right back. And on every high hill, the Bible says under every tree, you played the harlot. In other words, you erected Idols to false gods like Baal and Ashtoreth, which the worship of those gods involved sexual practice. It involved sexual sin. And, and when the Bible says they're playing the harlot, that's not just speaking about spiritual adultery, for indeed it is, but it's talking about the fact that they were living in a debaucherous way and practicing the, the religious practices of these fertility gods and 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 being entirely immoral. Look at verse number 21. Yet I had planted thee a noble vine. When, when I gave you freedom, verse 20, I planted you a good vine, wholly a right seed. I mean, I took care to plant the right vine, the right grapevine. Watch this. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? I planted you right. I nurtured you right. When you began to grow, you were healthy. How did you turn into this? How sad. You were healthy, but now you're like a strange weed. Verse number 22. For though thou wash thee with nitre 
and take thee much soap? Yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith the Lord God. Yeah, you want to be clean. You want to be right. You want to be thought of as holy. But your holiness and your self-righteousness and the way that you're going about trying to make it right will never work. The only thing that will work is full and complete repentance coming back to me in faith and humility. You know, your best efforts, religion's best efforts to make people holy only fools other people. Oh, we can dress up and look like we're holy. We can learn the right vocabulary. We can put on the right clothes. We can act holier than thou. But the problem is soap only, soap only gets the skin clean. It does nothing to wash the stains of our heart. And the Lord said, this is an issue that's much deeper than what you can do about it. Now, this comes back to a heart level repentance toward and humility toward God. Now, we're going to stop there. Verse number 22, Lord willing, uh, next episode, we're going to try to finish out this message and this chapter, move a little bit more quickly. So I hope you'll join us for that. Uh, what powerful, powerful truths the, these are. And let's make sure that we're taking them to heart ourselves. God bless you, my friends. Have a great day in the Lord. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.